If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by the Hoarding Solution podcast. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Reverend Joanne Angel Barry Cologne. She's a certified holistic personal trainer, as well as an intuitive healer, cosmic energy reader, creator of Chakra Balance Numerology, Cosmic Energy Forecast Deck, owner of Holistic Fitness, which is located in Queens. And she's also the host of Joanne's Healing Within TV show and Joanne's Cosmic Energy radio show. She's also an author and self-publisher of several books, Healing Within Meditation, The Power to Release Weight, and Healing with Numbers. And I'm really excited to have her here today as we talk about how clutter impacts us in many ways, as well as how that look how that looks when we are struggling with self-esteem or maybe we don't feel valuable or worthy. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. And like always, I love being in your energy and company, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this conversation goes today. <laughs> I am too. I know we've chatted on several different occasions and I've had the privilege of going on your shows and you just never know where it's going to go. It's actually quite phenomenal to have some of these conversations. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. It's how the universe connects us and why the universe connects us. <laughs> it's a mystery sometimes until then you're like, oh, wow, this is really awesome, actually. <laughs> exactly. Well, life is a mystery. You know, we never know, you know, what corner we're going to turn down and who we're going to meet when we get to that corner. So it's quite interesting. So, and, and it totally is. So tell us more about the work you do and, you know, kind of your perspective around this whole clutter heaviness issue. Well, it's interesting you should ask that based on the work that I do. Um, one of my biggest mantras and something that, you know, I've had to sort of like dig up and try to figure out a way to explain what I do for my clients. And I came out with this one paragraph and it's a paragraph where I help women specifically, but men by referral release issues from their tissues while releasing emotional weight so they can fall in love with themselves. As I witnessed that transformation of seeing them become the best version of who they are. And I know that sounds like a mouthful, but doing the work that I do and connecting with an individual based on who they are and the things that's going on around them. From my perspective and on the personal level as well, when we get clutter in our lives, whether it be a pile of notebooks that's probably sitting on my kitchen table right now, <laughs> <laughs> or laundry laying over the treadmill, you know, whatever it might be, but just clutter that sort of takes up space. We don't realize how that clutter that's physically taking up space starts to take up emotional space as well within our mind, body, and spirit. And when we have too much stuff around us, it literally causes us not to be able to think clearly. And that starts to devalue who we are based on our self-esteem and self-confidence. And it weighs us down. And when that starts to happen, what I've noticed 
is when we are not feeling great about ourselves, where we're showing up and not feeling good, what often will happen for many is they start looking for <clears throat> different things to help them feel good, such as food. Because again, when we think about food, especially sweet food or salty food, it tastes good. And when we are eating something that tastes good, even if it's a three minute eat, it's that three minutes where we actually feel good. And we might actually be laughing and smiling. And for that three minutes, our endorphins rise up where we feel good about ourselves. But if that's the way we're going about feeling good about ourselves and we do this on a regular basis, all of a sudden, besides the physical clutter that's around us, we now start to physically put on weight. And now we have to carry that. And there's where more clutter comes in because it literally prevents us from moving in flow. Because anytime we have anything extra in weight, whether it's groceries or physical weight, we can't move the way we want to. So it slows us down. And the more weight we carry, whether it's on our body or things in our hands, it slows us down where we become, I don't know if the word is incapable or not motivated to, to put away the clutter. So it's like, okay, so rather than putting the laundry away that I did today, I'm just going to throw it on top of the other laundry. And then you have more clutter and more clutter. And before you know it, you just have a lot of things just getting in the way where eventually all this energetic space you had around you now starts to suffocate you. And you lose yourself in the process of the clutter that's around. And that's like really my take on the decluttering process and why one might actually be suffocating with clutter, whether it's the physical clutter or the emotional clutter. And I do, I do believe they're one of the same, you know, in all honesty. What is your take on that? Well, I think that it's like the, the external area is like a manifestation of the internal struggle. So when you're looking at someone or a situation where there's massive clutter, that's a manifestation of something else that's going on. And so that's the piece where there is the, the trauma or the disconnect, I think, when we look at some of these situations is we aren't keyed into the fact that this is very emotional. This is very traumatic. There's something, there's a reason why this clutter is here, whatever that is. And it can be every person I have ever talked to, I think that has struggled with clutter or not even clutter. Like they're just trying to sell their house and they didn't have hoarding. They didn't have massive clutter, but they're just trying to get through that final room so they can have the listing agent come in and take photos. But it's that room that's very emotional, whether it's yes. the divorce decree, the military flag, the baby shoe, uh, grandma's photos, like there's, it's all emotion wrapped up in the stuff. And that's where people get, you get overwhelmed because you don't know how to process A, the emotion and B, the stuff. And then how do you get rid of things that make you, that bring up that kind of emotion for you, whether it's positive or negative. And I think sometimes we're attached to the feeling 
of it versus actually attached to the items. And that's where that struggle is, where you don't want to release it because you're afraid of what you'll lose if you do release it instead of thinking, what will I gain by releasing it? Exactly. And also to add to that, when we speak about the physical and also the emotional, where, as you were saying, how it manifests, other component that we can add to this is besides the emotion, because from my point of view, I truly feel that anytime there's an emotional, I'm going to use the word emotional block, preventing us from doing the things we're looking to do, it also may very well create physical conditions, you know, whether it be Mm -hmm. physical pain. So now if someone is physically in pain, you're not going to have the energy to want to clean up the space. Nevertheless, if the person is, has a physical symptom, which might be asthma or high blood pressure or diabetes or even anything worse, where they're not physically healthy enough to clean up the space. So it's like that, that combination of where they're not he- healthy enough to clean it up, but if they did clean it up, they probably would be healthier. You know, so it's like, you know, that contradiction between the two. And because their space is cluttered, it comes to the point on they are they're too embarrassed to bring in a cleaning crew to want to clean up the space because now it's like, well, there's things in there that I want. So no, no, you can't touch that. Or oh no, don't don't move that. So it, it becomes that battle between the two in reference to the contradiction of I like to be healthier, but I'm not able to do this because I can't breathe or I can't move or it hurts too much if I'm gonna try to pick this thing up. So that physical limitation that's created as well, based on the emotional connection that they may not be aware of, just knowing that, okay, if I were to clean out that room so the realtor can come in and take pictures, that means I have to go through that box. And what am I going to find in the box? And, oh, my God. Or, for example, like when my sisters and I were the process of cleaning out my mom's um, closet and drawers when she had crossed over I mean we the three of us knew that we were going to actually be sitting there going through the emotional journey so it wasn't one of those things where it was a surprise for us mm-hmm. so and my dad knew that the three of us were going to be in that house in a, in their house for that matter for hours that it wasn't going to be one of those things where we would to just pull the pull the clothes off the hangers and put it in the bag and and just go through it it was literally like my sisters and I took the clothes off the hangers and we tried the clothes on. You know, we took the jewelry out the jewelry box and we put the jewelry on. So it was like a, an eight hour process, you know, where um, we were, it, I would say we were almost in that emotional high where it was exciting and fun. But then days later, after the actual hands-on experience, that's where our emotions were able to surface because we were in the high why we were in the process of decluttering it. But then later on is we're like, oh, now we get to feel what we did for eight hours after decluttering the space and, you know, uh, dividing up the things we were going to divide up. You know, so that, you know, another thing that one can also consider as well, that yes, you might go through, have the 
the emotional desire to want to clean out the room and go through the box of the, the baby shoes or whatever divorce experience or whatever might be showing up. But then it's the days after when the endorphins sort of come down and you're feeling you again, where you're not in that like, like um, that, that need to be in that high place, so to speak, where they come down. And now it's like, oh, wow. I just spent the last eight hours going through whatever. And now you're feeling all these emotions that show up. And now maybe the next couple of days, you might not feel so great because of that experience, but it's a part of the experience. It's a part of allowing ourselves to enter the room and go through the box. And it's not about having to go through the box and just throw everything out. You know, I definitely encourage anybody that's going through any type of decluttering process to sit with it and explore it and, and, you know, go through the emotions of like, oh, this was my favorite dress or, oh, wow, I, I wore this dress for, you know, this occasion and experience it and then let it go <laughs> as opposed to putting it into the pile where it's like, I'm, I'm going to hold on to this. You can't, I, I don't, I don't want to get rid of this, you know, hold on to the experience. And I mean, I would even take it one step further. I mean, nowadays we have access to recording everything and video everything. Hey, you know what? Put a recorder, put a video on, go through your journey so you can actually sit through this and have that memory of whatever it is. And, you know, if it was a great memory, you might want to go back and watch it. And if it wasn't, you might want to just sort of put it aside until you're ready to watch it. So there's so much more we could do now than we've ever been able to in the past. So I, I would actually encourage anyone who might be having that whole process of decluttering the spot, look at it as a moment of diving into the emotion of whatever it is and decluttering something doesn't have to mean it's, it's a short, it's, it's only going to take a couple of hours. It could be a process. Well, and the, and I think that, that the fact that you process it, the fact that you work through it is like, it's a, it's almost a life skill that you are developing to be able to work through some of those things. And it's part of why forced cleanouts really aren't optimal because that person's items are being torn away from them. They don't have a chance to process it. The emotion is still tied up. And if you can actually take the time um, to allow yourself to go through that, you're going to come out on the other side feeling like you actually processed it and, and you're not left hanging with this big ball of, of angst because you didn't. And even if you are in a place where you have to do a forced clean out due to safety or due to infestation or something, there's still a way you could approach that so that you're talking to that person about what are the important things in your space that we need to keep an eye out for this. We have to do this, but what, how can we do this better for you? And I'm not going to say that always is super effective, but sometimes your hand is forced. And if, but if you can somehow key into the fact that it's very emotional and it's very charged with that, then you're going to have an easier time, at least facilitating that, facilitating that conversation. But I, I really think what you're saying is very valuable because people need to understand the process and how that in itself can be very healing. Exactly. And in, in, in 
to add to what you just said, because I always, I, for whatever the reasons are, my brain goes to the point where I like to um, connect things relating to health and wellness and fitness. Mm -hmm. It's almost a similar process in reference to someone who's looking to release weight and their thought process is to diet, where they go on a crash diet or mm -hmm. one of these 21 day fads or whatever it might be. And they go to the process of losing the weight, whether it be 20 pounds, 25 pounds or 30 pounds, but they go through it based on that fad program where it was like a quick fix. Mm. And it's the same thing where, as you're saying, someone that comes in forcefully to force someone to declutter their space without allowing them to be in the emotional space of it and, and connecting, the same concept goes with someone who's looking to lose weight. If they do it based on the fad and a 21 day, well, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, you're not embracing what the weight is connected to mm -hmm. on an emotional level. However, if they turn around and focus on what the weight's connected to and how to address the emotions and go through that processing, the same thing with decluttering, they begin to release their emotions that's attached to the weight. Now the weight, you know, the physical weight, which is the body weight, and then the actual weight that the person's hoarding, the clutter, they can allow themselves to slowly start to release it and be ready to let it go. And that's that processing. So now they're okay with, we're going to let go of that beautiful jewelry box or whatever it might be, the same concept on, we're going to let go of all the emotions that they've held on to that created this physical body weight that now they feel like, okay, I can release this now. So I really do believe the two, when approaching it in the, in the process of let's release this and process the emotions that's connected. Because again, I do believe they're hand in hand when someone has a watering issue and not everybody. There could be also a weight issue, a physical body weight issue, but not all. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I'm not going to sit back and say everyone's going to be overweight because they have quartering issues. No, you know, it may not be a physical body weight, overweight. It could be an emotional overweight, you know, however, which way it shows up for them. But if they can get to that space and process the clutter that's showing up for them, what is connected to and work on that emotional healing with it. For one, I think the end result will probably be more positive because the person who is hoarding or has clutter may not be so likely to re-hoarder again as the same thing on the person who's looking to lose the weight. And I quote that because it's, it's not a phrase that I use. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as they release the weight, they're less likely to put the weight back on. Whereas when those who are losing weight, as, as I uh, say in one of my books that I've written based on the power to release weight, anyone who loses anything psychologically, we are going to go back to look for it. What so, did we lose? Exactly. Exactly. So if you're turning around and going to someone's home, you know, where it's a forced um, cluttering process, they're going to be looking for that one thing that you took away from them. The same concept goes with weight. When someone's losing 10 pounds, psychologically, their brain is like, no, 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 I need that 10 pounds back 
So they're going to just go back to their old habit of however they actually, however it actually got there to begin with. The same thing with clutter. It's like, I need that. I need that to protect me. I need that to keep me safe. Which goes back into the whole factor of, okay, so what do they need to be safe from? You know, is it something that's going on in their life right now? Or is it something that they've been dealing with that's, a, that's an emotional um, or psychological thing that's taken place in their lifetime, whether it's happening presently or something that's happened in their past that they're afraid of? That they feel this need to, well, if I have all this clutter in my space, no one's gonna, no one's gonna want to come and see me, and that keeps me safe. I don't have to be emotionally connected, or emotionally, um, yeah, emotionally connect, emotionally available. And the same thing with weight. Sometimes people carry that weight because they don't want to be emotionally available. So once they can actually get to that, those, that space in their head on a psychological understanding that I don't need protect I don't need this particular thing to protect me anymore because I've addressed the issue the emotional issue I'm ready to release it now I can release it and start living more healthy and with less clutter around us and let's face face facts I think most of us if not all of us have some sort of clutter somewhere like there's always that one closet that do not open that closet because if you do, <laughs> it will fall. It'll drop on your head. <laughs> and you I know? think that's really the important part about this is that what normalizing the idea that all of us have something that we're dealing with, whether it's that emotional thing or the closet that, you know, I mean, uh, I kind of grew up with a grandma that had a room, like you could go in the room, but you understood there was stuff in there, you know, and that was kind of the, well, the junk room and most of us have a junk drawer and, (laughs) you know, it's pretty common for us to have something, you know, but I, I like that you use the word release versus lose because release to me implies more of a, you're choosing it. You're choosing that action. Um, But it also makes me think of reasons why I've heard people carry weight like if you experience some sort of um uh, MST military sexual trauma or some kind of situation like that where you carry the weight to to keep people away and you kind of well the word I use is uglify you know you might wear looser clothes you might wear too many layers you do things to hide your attributes so that you won't be a target and unless you start to deal with all those underlying trump traumatic things you will continue to behave that way and it's very in fact i've talked with my chiropractor about the weight and she's like sometimes you carry weight because you're building something or you're doing something and then once you and you need it like to help you get there but once you get there, then you're in a space where you can start releasing it. And no matter what you're building, there is a lot of emotion connected with that if you're really invested in it. So for me, it was one of the most enlightening conversations I've ever had <laughs> with a medical, a medical professional around why people carry weight. And I'm like, well, clearly yes. um, I have some work to do, but it was not a judgmental conversation. And I think too yes. many times it's, 
it's too judgmental and you need to be having a, a conversation, not judge and jury. Exactly. Well, I think too, when we think about the, the weight, whether it's body weight or the clutter that one carries, it's especially, especially with weight, it's weight just has a really bad rep, mm -hmm. you know, that for whatever the reasons are, I guess somewhere along the line, we've always, we, we become a society where like, you have to look a certain way. And when we come to the clutter portion, it's like your house has to look a certain way. Like when you have right. family and friends who are coming over, oh my God, God forbid, there's something sitting on the couch that shouldn't be sitting there. It's like everything has to have its own little place so everything could be spotless. And it's like, really? Like, do I not live in this house? Exactly. I, mean, I live I mean, here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I live here. So theoretically, it's okay if my coat happens to be sitting on the rail as opposed to in the closet. Mm -hmm. You know, so why is it everything has to be tucked away? The same concept is why is it that everyone has to be a certain body type? You know, and, and let's face facts. I mean, we're all different people. Not all of us have the same body type. You know, and that's the beauty of things because could you imagine all of us looking the exact same way? How damn boring would that be? <laughs> or thinking the same way, like, and and there's this common misconception that you're lazy or something if you have clutter and that's not generally the case or you're uneducated or, and the, actually the opposite is true is many people are very highly educated and they, there is this certain piece of their life they struggle with, so. Exactly, and that's I, like if you were to take someone who is in the process of, I'm gonna use the word brainstorming, or creative, create a, a, on creative flow. The average person who's in creative flow, if you were ever to see their space, when they're in creative flow, like for example, my space, it's like my, my, my kitchen table, and I speak about this all the time when I'm with you, <laughs> is, is loaded with notebooks and paper and pens and everything because that's my creative space. And that's, that's the flow. Now, if somebody to walk into my house unexpectedly, they would walk in. Like if you were to walk into my house, not knowing me, you'd sit back and say, wow, that's a whole lot of clutter going on right there. Because <laughs> it is, because it, it just looks like a bunch of clutter. But when I'm in creative flow, it's like, no, that is not clutter. That is where everything I needed to be. So I can do the creative work that I need to do. And in fact, I was, um, watching somebody who posted something on Facebook, he too is in creative flow. And he had said, he's got this huge room. And when he's in his creative processing, his entire room, there are books and papers and whiteboards and everything all over the entire space. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody were to walk in there, they're like, oh my God, what the hell hit this room? And that's his creative flow. Because sometimes that's just what happens when we get in creative flow. It's like everything has to be just sort of dismantled. But that doesn't mean it's clutter. It just means it's creative flow. So it's like if you were to come into that space, please don't touch my creative flow. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, how, and it's how it's set up for you to do your work and your function. And I totally get that because I can have colored pens and paper. And all of a sudden I'm like, how did I get 10 pages of stuff all of a sudden that before was blank, but that's my process. I was journaling, I was writing, it went to the next thing. And I just, I just kept going And it in an hour. I exactly. can have this disaster. That exactly. I then... and if, exactly. And if somebody <laughs> were to come over 
unexpected way, I would have to move stuff so they could sit down. Or better yet, I'd have to pull out a folding chair. <laughs> because well, again, like I said, when I'm in creative flow, everything, the chairs, the table, the counter, everything has things on it. So if someone shows up unexpectedly, I'll pull out a folding chair and I'll say, you can sit right there because everything else needs to be where it is. Do not ask me to move it because I can't, not now. <laughs> and, and if you break flow, sometimes it's really, I find it's really hard to get back into it. And I, yes. and so, and I totally, I feel better now about the fact that I pull out that desk and that extra little thing so I can set my other stuff because <laughs> I'm going to need it in a minute, but it's right now it's in the way. And exactly. There, there's a reason why I, I feel like not every, in fact, I was just reading something this morning about why people used to have parlors. So you had a presentable space for guests and then the rest of your house, they don't need to go into. So I'm not of a, a level that I have a parlor. However, I do believe that doors on rooms are good because they don't need to see your whole house a lot of the time. And it's not like you're hiding a body or anything. You're exactly. like, I'm going to shut the door because I don't want my piles to get moved around. And yes, exactly. I have piles too. And exactly. um, so, so, but there's something about protecting your space and your boundary and your flow, which is really valuable. And most of us wouldn't appreciate someone else coming in and saying, you know what, today we're throwing all your stuff out. Like, why is that okay to come into anyone's space and say that? And it's a mindset shift. Yet people's first response is there's so much clutter. The only thing they can think is I need to throw it out. And it's not, it's not yours. Like I realize that it can be extreme and for me, very anxiety producing all that clutter, but yet it isn't mine. So I need to take care of my stuff over here and be more respectful of your stuff in your space and understanding the releasing piece of it and the emotional aspect is just, it's the piece I think we've been missing in many treatment modalities, many conversations, many things that we are missing the human element. And that's why I think the work you do is so valuable because you are looking at the entire person and what's going on with them and how can we help you through this process so that you don't gain the weight back? You don't have the yo-yo dieting. How do you not reclutter your space? Oh, we dealt with the underlying issues. Ah. Yes, the light bulb. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I appreciate about talking with you because it's a perspective that needs to be brought in it needs to be in the forefront of how we start approaching and shifting how we do these things otherwise we are just creating more chaos for people and and i'm going to share something really funny because um not, not the last time we were that you were on my show but i think it was the time before it was just you and i i had mentioned to you that i had a, um a whole lot of paper in in the basket you know from all my years of writing you know when i'm done with writing i I sort of put in a, a basket because, you know, I handwrite everything before it actually gets typed up. Mm. And I finally, I think it was, um, pre, uh, according to COVID, I had gotten myself a bin, a nice size bin to put everything in. 
And I did, I put everything in and it's sitting in the closet. But interesting enough, I found more clutter to put in a space that I cleared out. <laughs> it seems and to I, work that way. Like I'll clear a table and. Exactly. And I, I was like, wow. It's like, I cleared out all the stuff. I put it in a beautiful uh, bin and I put it into the closet, but now that space has clutter again. So in my mind, I'm like, I wonder what this is about. I cleared it out and I was joyful about it. It wasn't like, you know, someone came and said, well, all of this has to go away. No, mm -hmm. I put it in, I put it in the bin, but I, I, I go to my living room. I'm like, Hmm, there's still clutter there. What is it? <laughs> So again, for our viewers who are watching, I mean, it is a process. And I, I believe, and I think your, I, I believe your email says this, our house are meant for living. Homes are for living. Homes are for living, yes. And that's what it is, our homes are for living. And when we can, as long as the clutter doesn't become overwhelming, where it's unlivable, and you're able to walk into the space and, and say, okay, well, you know what? I need to put this away. Then you put it away. As long as it does not become a health hazard, a um, hazard in general, I think there's, there's some degree to a healthy form of clutter. Would you, would, can, you can you confirm that for me, please? <laughs> uh, yes, I think it's true that you... I don't believe most of us live in a magazine spread, you know, most of us live with kids and dogs and mud and snow and, you know, the sand at the beach and like, there is this normal level of stuff in our lives. And I think the, the idea that that isn't true is false. Like you have to expect that there's going to be a little bit of this stuff. In fact, I've kind of laughed about this, but you go to someone's house and I'm thinking, where's your clutter? Because I need to know that you're like me in some way. And it might be a small <laughs> pile, but once you see it, you're like, ah, okay, I can relax because we all have bills. We all have magazines. We all have that little piece of whatever that we haven't processed yet. And yes, yes, we all have something that might be in that one closet that you say to somebody, please do not open that closet <laughs> or <laughs> do not try to open up that drawer because it doesn't open. You know, you have that junk drawer that you just can't mm -hmm. open because there's things piled to the top and, and no matter how much you try, it's just not opening until you get under there with the wedge. <laughs> yeah, and you or you get your screwdriver because that's what you can find and you're, or a knife and you're like, okay, let me push the, the battery pack down so I can open this drawer. And exactly exactly <laughs> i just think that's part of the normal experience you know that you have and i i just think there's some value in finding the humor but also normalizing it a bit and making yes. it less like a crime <laughs> yes that you yeah. have this situation yeah and and again just coming back into like the hoarding part of it you know in regards to like when one is experiencing a family member who is experiencing hoarding and you're not open to agreeing with it, the gentle approach to it, as opposed to like, well, I'm just gonna come in your house and take everything away. Doesn't work that way because they're gonna reorder if you take it away without them wanting to. It's the same thing as we said with weight. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, when, you know, where you have someone who might be overweight and the doctor tells them, you know, well, you have to go on a diet and you need to stop eating, you know, X, Y, and Z. 
And in their mind, they want to listen to what their doctor says, but it's not the greatest approach. So it's really about rechanging the approach so one can do this in the process of releasing as opposed to being forced to do something. Because when we're forced to do something, we may not do it so well, but when we're ready to release and process things, I believe we are going to be more successful at the end result. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where I think the focus needs to shift is to that getting ready for that process. And I think most of us will are more successful when we do that. And I think that's definitely the piece that um, we need to share more about for people, you know, humanize it and, um, and kind of go into it, understanding that there is more to this than first meets the eye. So any final thoughts or, and thank you for being here and, and talking with us today and how's the best place, uh, what's the best way for people to reach you? Well, to start off with, thank you for having me today. And it was the, I think the conversation was just really awesome and also really needed, especially as we are, from my point of view, we're going to be moving forward and eventually moving back outside. More and more. <laughs> yeah. And I think the final word I like to leave with the viewers is utilizing the word releasing and processing as, and that's regarding weight and also the clutter, because I do believe they're both hand in hand. And when we get into that mindset of releasing and approaching things based on processing, we're going to be a lot more successful at it. And I guess the best place to reach me um, for any of my services or, you know, any questions you may have, you, you send me an email at healingwithin76 at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I will get all this also into the show notes so people can find you and get in touch with you. And just thank you for being here and sharing your perspective. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for having me. And I was really honored to be here and share the wisdom that was downloaded today. <laughs> the Today I Decide Mental Health Summit will be held virtually on Saturday, April 3rd, 2021. This summit is designed to provide hope and to show others that they are not alone in overcoming mental health challenges. Mental health issues plague many people in our world, and we may not always know that until it is too late. This summit is bringing awareness to mental health issues, providing a place for discussion, awareness, and resilience solutions. We've got many amazing speakers uh, lined up sharing their stories of overcoming struggle and resilience. I'm very honored to be one of the speakers for this amazing event. I invite you to join us. You can find more information with our hashtag today I decide, and you can also find more details and check out the great sponsorship options at veteranssocialsummit.com. Thank you so much for being willing to be a part of the solution.